After the last few weeks, I'm thinking about just grabbing that grease paint and dyeing my hair green. <laughs> just fuck it, man. Just straight joker it up now. Nothing matters. This shit's fucking insane. Obviously, the world is topsy-turvy. Yeah, that's uh, a nice way of putting it. It's a real bitch of a planet. <laughs> uh-huh. Segwaying into... <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> this is another episode of the VD Clinic. <laughs> I am Vanessa, and that was uh, that's Darren. Say hello, Darren. That that is Darren. Hello. And joining us this occasion is um, David, who you haven't been here for a while now. Yeah, probably about a year or so, or more. At, at that's least what the that thing told you... me. When I was clicking on the the two of you said, about yeah, a year ago, yeah, because it was you didn't join us for our anniversary last year. No, I didn't. Yeah, but I don't remember why. Yeah, I forget what it was. I think it was a scheduling. Uh, type. Yeah, I think it was a scheduling issue. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah or something. Anyway. Yeah, something. Or the material was like what we'll be discussing in the second half of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. Or if you were just like, yeah, that's okay. I'll set, I'll sit that one out. And that's perfectly fine. <laughs> it, and to, to be clear, I had every intention of, of reading the book for today's episode. And I got maybe a page or two in, which is like, yeah, you know what? I don't want to fucking read this, but this stupid thing, well, it's, not, it's... not to just not, like, not, not to disparage its quality or anything, but like I had previously read, like the, like for the listeners, I read the first issue of it when it came out. And wasn't super impressed with it. It's just kind of like, yeah, this is not for me. And I thought, okay, you know, it's been six, seven years since it came out or whatever. I'll give it another shot. Tried to read it again. I was just like, yeah, I know. I just, I don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. And also, you know, like I said, the last couple weeks have been insane. So my focus on anything that isn't watching the world burn and or playing video games has been difficult. I feel you. Understandable. I was calling it research. I've been playing a lot of steampunk or cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> I've I'm, I'm still waiting parts. for it to. Hmm? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I've gotten to the parts where uh, their uh, Keanu Reeves character is showing up. Okay. Yeah, I've, I I want to play it, but I'm also gonna wait till like the next gen console versions drop and or they've patched the shit out of it for a while so it'll actually run i've had a couple crashes i'm on yeah. uh the last xbox one okay that came out is what i'm playing it on so it doesn't look total yeah. garbage although i could be tainted because i don't play a lot of video games but the last video game i was playing was fallout new vegas from the 360 or 360 whatever. Yeah. yeah so this looks fucking great compared to that Unless yeah not much less glitchy yeah i'm i've been i'm still running my original well 
original model uh, Xbox One. Uh, it's it's fine. It's a little slow still. So once once the new ones are actually available in stock somewhere, I will replace my Xbox and get myself a fancy new one. Um, but yeah, that's that. And like I've been playing a ton of Switch, um, which is the greatest system that has ever graced this uh, godforsaken planet. I've I've heard good things. I keep waiting for. Uh, my son asked for a PlayStation Five for Christmas, <laughs> so. Uh... He doesn't have one, but apparently yeah. that's going to be the next thing that comes into the house. And my uh, Cyberpunk 2077 was a Christmas gift from like two years ago. <laughs> so the Xbox version just showed up. Oh, my God. Or so I probably when would you have waited. When you say that Danzig has asked for a PlayStation 5, has he specifically done the research and said, you know, Dad, I would like a PlayStation 5. I think it's going to be a better gaming system. I mean, because <laughs> I would love that. Uh, well, it's... Sort of... I mean, how does he know the difference? I'm curious. He's five. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was simple enough. He wants the Spider-Man game. Him? Uh, and you okay. can't get that on Xbox. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also on PlayStation 4, but... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did. I I did play a ton of the 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 base version of that Spider-Man game. Not the. I haven't played Miles Morales yet because I think it's available on PS4. But again, I'm like, eh. I didn't finish the first Spider-Man, although it's really good. It's just a lot of it. It's kind of the same problem I'm running into playing Arkham Knight now, which is it's really good, but there's just a lot of it, and god damn it, there's so much map, there's so much map. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I think you will probably enjoy. There is a lot of map in. Uh, yeah, that's, I'm I'm expecting that. But it it expands a little bit slowly, and as <laughs> as you build up, you know, it's just like it'll tell you it's like kind of stay out of this part of town, weak ass. Right. Uh, or it's just like the the threat is very high. The danger of this quest is very high you know it's got like mm-hmm. very high high moderate and low okay but yeah i've well, seen yeah, some I've... of the weird glitches and stuff and once or twice i've yeah. been in battle and it's just like whoop good thing you saved because here's the home screen I yeah know you're i saw the <laughs> no i was gonna say i have been doing things vastly different than you yeah to keep myself distracted from the imploding world. No, I've been doing word games and actually reading. <laughs> okay. there you go. Um, I've already done two audiobooks for the year. Um, starting on a third. Well, obviously read the book for today. And then I am probably, I don't know, 25. Yeah, okay fourth way through a book um called mexican gothic it came out last year won the it was voted the goodreads best horror novel of last year nice and it's like on the new york times bestseller list and everything and i had heard really good things about it but it's essentially like a gothic horror novel like in that style from the 1800s mm-hmm. except it's set in Mexico, like mid 1900s, and written by a Latina. <laughs> awesome. And it is really interesting, and it's kind of it's got a little 
sociopolitical, like some things like that drawn in there, but mm. not like so much that that makes it a focus of a story, but it has some elements of that. Um, but yeah, it's like got this nice kind of sp- like ghost story feel and got a surreal, so surreal aspect that, yeah, makes me totally forget <laughs> <laughs> about the shit show that is the United States right now. <laughs> that sounds awesome. But it, I mean, I haven't been reading it very fast, but at least, you know, I was able to start that within the past, like week or so and you know okay <laughs> have something relaxing <laughs> yeah i did i recently bought the the twin peaks books um diary of laura palmer and then the, the two that came out a couple of years ago when the third season came out yeah and i got like 15 maybe pages into the, into the laura palmer diary and i was like this is really good and then i put it down because i'm like i just this is this is too intense i know where this is gonna end up god i can't deal with this right now yeah because a couple of weeks i think yeah it was like maybe we could week or two ago i was like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna watch twin peaks from the beginning and i'm gonna listen to the duncan and Bo shows and i'm gonna read the books and you know really go through all of it and i just recently got uh season three on blu-ray so i can watch all the special features and stuff and then everything went to hell and i was like yeah i'm not uh, no like this is too much just give me video games <laughs> yeah yeah but i i know and i've been wanting to go back with twin peaks as well because i didn't catch all of the third season oh my god it's so good yeah but we did okay so i've got to say i know i i texted you david about this mm-hmm. but someone on reddit basically re-edited showgirls with david lynch scoring it makes so much sense and and is actually fantastic (laughs) you need to send me a link to that because i absolutely will watch that like they did the entire movie like that with like all the different scores from his like not just twin peaks but different Mm -hmm. movies and things and oh my goodness it's like i fit so well that's amazing. You know, because it's still like some of the like the same coloring, you know, in the mm-hmm. like that they use that that David Lynch uses. Obviously, not as well, but yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's it creates a totally different mood, and it makes sense. Uh, yeah, I'm like, that's why the internet is created. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Because somebody thought Showgirl should be rescored to David Lynch music, and god damn it, they did it. Yeah, yeah. Showgirls going back to episode one of uh, BD Clinic. I don't know. We haven't done any David Lynch yet, so maybe maybe that will be in our next, uh, I don't know, few months or something. Hmm. Yeah, that'd be cool. I actually recently added a couple of David Lynch movies to my Blu-ray collection. Yeah. A couple of my digital. So I've got, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got Blue Velvet now, uh, Lost Highway, uh, Eraserhead is coming, and then I think I picked up. I may, I, I got, I think I got Dune digitally, because goddamn, I'm gonna watch that stupid movie one of these days. Oh, it's finish great. it. It's great. <laughs> I've I've watched it like three times. And I only get like 20 minutes into it, and I give up because I'm like, this movie makes no fucking sense. Nope. Nope. But one of these days, I will sit down and I will watch Dune and 
but we'll it's, see what happens. It, it, yeah, it delightfully makes no sense. <laughs> but if you read the book, I don't know. I felt a little bit the same way. <laughs> that, that that's fair. I, I I've got the book. I haven't read it yet. I keep going. I should read Dune, and I'm like, Bleh. that's why I couldn't get more. In. I know there's like the whole Dune saga, and I could. My dad was really into them, and he offered them to me to read. Mm. And I, I was like, I will never pick these up because <laughs> I just couldn't. Like the one, the first one was hard, and maybe it was the time in my life when I read it. But I was, just, I'm just like, yeah, that's okay. The yeah, move, the, I, the Lynch version of the, like film of it was enough for me. Yeah, I'm happy, I, I'm happy I, with that. I think just hearing like hearing Henry on last podcast talk about it so goddamn often <laughs> yeah. has made me go like, all right, maybe I'll read this stupid fucking book because Henry's always jabbering about it. But then <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Henry's a crazy person. Why would I listen to him about reading this stupid ass sci-fi book? And have you noticed on uh, that on last podcast and other shows on their network, they always reference him uh, talking about that. Like his sister, Jackie will talk about how he's such a nut you know, related to that in <laughs> Holden, the other, like one of the other, like on a couple other, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's hysterical. Anyway, we've gotten way off topic, but yep. it's good to catch up with you. I mean, like, you know, of course, yeah. to have the listeners catch up with you too. Yeah. <clears throat> and we haven't just had a Jeb session about how we're, you know, what we're watching, reading, and, I don't know, games playing. Because <laughs> I know, Darren, you've gotten into that before with, I don't know if it was you, David, or if it was Bo. It was so, obviously not me. Obviously not me, but. <laughs> <laughs> Bo might be live streaming or uh, him playing video games right now. Probably. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember what he's been playing, but it's usually something every weekend, I think. Yeah, I think he's been he's been changing it up when I've come across it because I think he did a Saints Row stream one one week and I was like, oh, I should watch that because I fucking love Saints Row three, um, but then I forgot about it. Okay. Well, <laughs> anyway, on that note, I was gonna say. We haven't even bothered to say what we kind of mentioned the book that we're doing, which is Bitch Planet, the graphic novel. But we didn't mention the movie, which is Johnny Mnemonic. Yay! Yay! Yeah. But anyway, on that note, we're going to take a quick break and then we will come back to talk about some Johnny Mnemonic. Be right back. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing... All the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. 
All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. What are you doing? Making a long distance phone call, Beijing, the hotel. The year is 2021. Reloading or not? The world is wired. Your storage capacity? I can carry nearly 80 gigs of data in my head. Information is power. And secrets are a thing of the past. Unless you hire a courier like Johnny Mnemonic. Hit me. Fiddle that in your head anyway. I had to dump a chunk of long-term memory. You had to dump a chunk of what? My childhood. For Johnny, inputting the data was easy. Let's just start with what you got in there and what it's worth to the world. The hard part is making the delivery. Double cheese anchovies? You are not the menu. Charlie! They were waiting for me, Ralphie. Johnny. Oh, I'm loosening. The information you carry, you must protect it with your life. Keanu Reeves. Not in the head. Johnny Mnemonic. Okay, and we are back to discuss our movie, Johnny Mnemonic, from 1995. And I totally did not realize or remember that this movie takes place in January 2021. <laughs> yeah. When you picked it? I did not remember that. You also... I'd totally forgotten about that. I had totally forgotten that... I, I, okay, so I totally forgot that this was set... It, you know, it says in the second decade of the 21st century, and then it specifically codes it as January of 2021. What? When and... you have a... <laughs> Also, but I, I remember this plague. on purpose. I remembered the plague. <laughs> you remembered the plague. Did you notice where the, uh, what the day it is when yes. he gets his wake up call at the hotel? Yeah. And that is the day we are recording. Yeah. Except for they think it's a Thursday. <laughs> and it is actually Sunday, January 17th, 2020. One. 21. Yeah, it's 21. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm just like I did not plan this like that. Uh, I, you did I it was on just, I've just been thinking about like, you know, I love these kind of dystopian future kind of things, um, or just dystopian societies in general. I'm always interested in the subject and, um, 
no wonder I took a, a class in a, a poli sci class in college called Utopias and Dystopias. And all we all we did was read books. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like not just like poli sci type essay things, like literature. <laughs> so um <laughs> So anyway, yeah, but I remembered the plague and I, I don't know, it's just eerie, like all these different things when they're like, and it has the political unrest and it's it's a global pandemic. It's not, yeah. just you know, not just like isolated to one area. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> yeah, it was. It I, was a I, little too eerie and on the nose and I didn't plan that. Yeah. Not consciously. I was... Not consciously, at least, I, I guess. I've, I've seen, like, I've seen this maybe once before, maybe once or twice before. And, like, I saw it the first time in, like, 2005, 2006, maybe, when I was working at uh, Blockbuster. And I was like, oh, wow, this is a really fun little cyberpunk movie. Kind of cheesy at parts, but it's, yeah, it's pretty good. And then, like, I bought it on DVD, and then I haven't seen it in forever. And then when I heard you, were, like, you mentioning it, I think last episode, I was like, fuck yeah, I want to do Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> so I sat down to watch it last night and like it has this wonderful opening crawl of just cyberpunk jargon that yes <laughs> literally makes no sense unless you have like some frame of reference for cyberpunk stuff. So like they're just throwing shit out there and I'm like, oh yeah, because I've read some I've read some Shadowrun books. I'm like, all of this just makes sense to me. And I'm like, okay, of course. So the Yakuza and the corpse and the they've got the black ice and the yada. I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. Cyberpunk and let's go. And then it's like January 2021. I'm like, oh shit. It's like, there's a global pandemic. I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, I don't remember any of this from this movie. It's like, you know what I remember about Johnny Mnemonic? Fucking Keanu Reeves is in it. Ice-T is in it. And Henry Rollins is in it. And like, and I thought... You didn't about, remember Udo Kier? I didn't. I totally forgot Udo was in this. Yeah. I had forgotten Dolph Lundgren was, Lundgren was yeah. in this. Yeah. I don't know there, how. I Yeah. Like I said, there was, there was a whole, like, this was one of those movies where I was like, I know I've seen it. And, like, those are, the, the, like, the three big things that stood out was, like, Rollins is in it. Icy's in it. Keanu's the lead. It was pretty good. I think there was a bunch of CGI in it, maybe. And then, like, that's all I remembered about it. <laughs> And then I'm like, sitting down to watch it, and I'm like, oh, shit, that's right, Dolph, like, Dolph Lundgren's in this? He's fucking hilarious and wonderful. Um, Takashi Kitano was in this, and he's fucking great as the, the head of the Pharmacore. Takahashi, yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. He, I, his, my favorite line he yeah, has. And a pharmaceutical company holding back a cure because of profits. I'm yeah. not saying conspiracy theory about COVID or some other thing. You know, we live or whatever. But I'm just saying. Ever. <laughs> we live in the worst cyberpunk future ever because we don't have the cool internet that they have. That's I all know. Well, but and and it just makes me. Some of, I'm I'm sorry, but some of you talk about the cyberpunk stuff and the CGI. I all of a sudden thought hackers that movie, but that also was filmed what around 1995. Yeah, in total sense. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, people are starting to experiment with those VR game things a lot more now. I forget what. Oh, what the people... Oculus, yeah. Yeah, a lot, lot more Oculus going on, and I, like we were talking about with Cyberpunk, 
there. <laughs> uh, well, like like Keanu Reeves plays a character in there called Johnny Silverhands. He's not the main character, but in it, it's dystopia. People have computers and you can upgrade chips and optics and all this stuff and enhance your body. You know, it's cyberpunk stuff. And I, I'm not yeah. very experienced with that. I mean, you know, like I like hard, hardware, uh, uh, the movie yeah. and, and stuff like that. Hardware rules. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and, and there there is a mission where you need to get like this thing that goes into somebody's head and the Yakuza and the Emperor are, are involved of Japan. And it's I, I feel like that's why they had to have Keanu Reeves in it was because of Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah, probably. I I, th- I think there's. I've, I haven't gotten very far because I was waiting because, like I said, I am on an old older console. But mm-hmm. the last update made it totally playable to somebody that often plays retro games. But anyway, yeah, well, here we are, so Thursday, it... January seventeenth, twenty twenty one. Except and it's yes. really what a, except it's really someone, a Sunday. Yep. Which you know yeah. you can't bullshit your way through a job interview like Johnny did, and <laughs> on a Sunday usually. But Darren had so when did you first see this? I first saw this whenever it became available on tape or DVD because uh, I, my sister's a couple years older than me, and it had Keanu Reeves in it. <laughs> oh, really? so that that was how i first saw it and then i've watched it randomly because like i said i i enjoy this type of stuff uh mm-hmm. it, uh this is my kind of action movie you know the, the yeah. stuff, stuff like this and uh, i'm i'm less of a chuck norris or or whatever fan uh i i like the keanu reeves sort of what you you lied. Um, <laughs> just sort of like how he yeah. goes back and forth between making me think he's either not doing well or he's doing perfectly for the character. Yeah, he's, right. he's really. I think my favorite, my favorite scene with with Keanu in this movie is towards the end, <clears throat> and it's after the bug gets dropped on Spider's van, and he just flips the fuck out. Oh, and he's God, just rant. screaming, yeah, that rant because it's so, it's funny as it's funny as hell, but it's also I need my shirt. Pressed. Yeah, I want, <laughs> I want, yeah. He's like, I want to, I want to go to the, the the nice hotel. I want to, you know, expensive whore, and I want my shirts laundered, like they do in in Beijing or whatever. And it's just yeah. like you are. It's so funny because he's been like off and on like a huge dick throughout the entire movie and this is the point where you're like oh yeah you're just a, a you're basically no better than these corpo assholes you're just a shitty dude and you just you know like yeah. why you're an asshole fuck you johnny yeah <laughs> i want which is kind service. of what i yeah I, which is kind of what i love about it. it it's perfectly cyberpunk it's like yeah we've been following this character who's just an asshole yeah but at least but it's like you have Rollins, you know, in his rant, which everybody needs a Rollins rant in their life, oh um, going on about, you know, the plague and 
corporations and all this stuff. But, you know, he he even points out to, I mean, like, says to Johnny, don't be a bigger asshole than you need to be. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like he just blatantly says it. And yeah. it's true because he is, he has been like that. Yeah. Just Johnny. Which, uh, just which Johnny. makes sense in the, in this, in, like, as, as, as his job is being a runner, like, yeah, he has to be kind of a professional asshole. Like, that makes sense. But it's also very clear that, like, he's also just a fuck-up in a really fucked-up world. And he's doing his best to get through that fucked-up world. But he's also, like... You could you could say maybe part of it's just you could you could ascribe his his freak out at the end to being like data seepage or whatever. But I, I think it's probably the purest moment of just who Johnny is as a character. It's like he's kind of a hollow asshole who's doing who lives a hollow existence in a really shitty world, realizing that he has to actually do something more than just be an asshole. And he doesn't like it. <laughs> he has a tantrum and it's wonderful. Dead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, so so I have to say the first I saw this movie in the theater when it came out. Ooh. Fancy, I know. And I was with a friend and they kept saying to me, I don't know, this is a pretty bad movie. I think we should leave. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I think I like it. <laughs> but it's still kind of not good. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not a great movie. I will say that. But. I like the it's plot. It's delightfully bad, I feel, yeah. is the way to put it. Because it's it falls into a so good it's bad kind of movie for me. Because I feel that. They know that it's some of the people know that's not the best dialogue, and but everybody seems to be just having fun with it. I was convinced it was based off a graphic novel, the way the dialogue went, or a comic book. Yeah, it's kind of a little bit. I think that's just yeah, Gibson being Gibson. (laughs) (laughs) Like I I, after rewatching it last night, like I think it's like it it. It feels a lot like Hellraiser three to me in some ways, where it's like you almost got it, you were there, you were just on, the, you, you were almost close. got it, you were close. You were close. Because like the the most of, like there's some really good costuming in this, but at the same time, some of it's real just boring. Yeah, you know, and like there's there's cool stuff with like Takashi and Shinji isn't is like kind of half baked lame lackey bad guy but yeah like takashi's really cool and like his fucking best line in the movie is speaking english or speaking english to me because your japanese, japanese is terrible yeah <laughs> i was like oh yes get him um there's and like and you had different. and you had like some some cool kind of stuff like the weapon that's like the laser piano wire yeah. And that's and, a pretty good effect, I think. Yeah. Like the, that's I a think, pretty good effect. But then the you have certain can... scenes where, like, they're, like, Johnny of... and Shinji are hanging over the water oh, yeah. on the net. And it's like, oh, my God, it's such bad green screen. Yeah. That you're I, just like, oh, shit, no. 
it feels like most of the the effects budget went to the CGI stuff, which makes sense because that's obviously an important part of the story. Is right. you know the selling of cyberspace and cool that I fucking love all of that. That shit was great. The actions, the actual like most of the action scenes in this movie are fucking terrible though, because they're just so they're they're shot kind of just not in an interesting way, and in, like they just feel kind of generic action scenes. Like especially the fights involving like Johnny and stuff, those look terrible. Um, I think like the, the big battle at the end is okay because there's a lot of just chaos going on. Although, well, and there's a, cl- I will say with the thing at the end, there's a clever use of space. Yeah, but it's designed that way because you have the ramps and everything that's all like mm-hmm. this makeshift kind of thing cobbled together. You have a set piece that you can work with. Right. Although, and I, I'm so. Still- so not it's a sure. little bit more forgiving. Yeah, I'm just I'm not things. sure why the woman with the rocket launcher started just firing rockets at them, considering her boss and the rest of her team was up there. Yeah, well, she, whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm willing to let that one slide because it's, it's like, all right, you need to set up the action scene. I get it. Right. Like there, like that. There are definitely moments in this where it's like. The script was, uh, according to the credits, the script was by William Gibson, who wrote the the story, the original story. There are definitely moments like that, and like the moment when Johnny and what's her face kiss or are about to kiss. Yeah, uh, no, they before, kiss briefly, right before they meet uh, the fucking dolphin whose name escapes me now, Jones or whatever. Like that felt like such a like okay, somebody told you to put that there because they needed to you know because this is a Hollywood movie. I I agree, and I just and it ticks me off because I I put that in my notes. I'm like, why is that there? I understand yeah. if you you've been building up this closeness between them and a bond, and her trying to make a plea, please do this to say. Even a hug would serve, suffice. Yeah. But you, there's been nothing that has laid groundwork for a kiss. Yeah. And that kind of intimacy. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, but you're that right. That... I felt it was so Hollywood that I was like, really? Like, yeah. and even and even after it happens, that's it. Yeah. And, and then it's, after it's just, he it's gets just... the data out, and at the very end, it's not like they kiss again. Yeah, no. It's just like it's okay. Just really weird and awkward. Yeah. It it feels to me that if they felt that they had to have it in there, why didn't they do it at the end after he saved like the world? Yeah. You know, it was just like you really didn't know what you were doing with that. Yeah, it's <laughs> just, such a weird. You just like said it was a, like a random spot in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's such an out of place like totally off moment for the movie but then like after that it's just like okay just never gets mentioned again and you kind of forget about it because it's not that important and ultimately and there's a goddamn dolphin in this movie that i totally forgot i don't know how i forgot about jones how did you forget about jones i i don't know it may be like admittedly like i i think like giant mnemonic is like one of three of these kinds of movies that I, that I kind of like just sort of molded together in my brain. And it's like hardware, giant mnemonic and six, six string samurai are all kind of floating around in the same part of my brain. It's just like one, a net one amalgam movie of just weird cyberpunk dystopia shit. 
So if I if I if the dolphin hadn't actually been in this movie and it had been something else, I would have been like, wait, wasn't there a dolphin in this fucking movie? But going into it, I was like, I kept thinking like, wait, was this the one with the dolphin or was that something else? Did I make up the dolphin? Was that just a hallucination? There's like, oh no, no, nope, there, there, there's a dolphin in this movie. Okay. And maybe there was a bit of little bit of uh, cloaking from that South Park episode where the manatees. Oh yeah, wrote a TV show. Yeah, probably. Uh, oh, John. But yeah, Will, uh, was was the author's name Gibson? Yes, Gibson. William Gibson. I had seen that they said that the studio did some tampering in the editing process. And okay. He uh, vastly uh, uh, prefers the Japanese cut, which oh. has a different soundtrack, even. Interesting. Uh, but I didn't know it had been a while. I didn't know if I wanted to put the effort into finding the Japanese version, especially since it was one of those, oh, I bet everybody's watching the other version, though. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, I, I'd seen that Gibson said that his script had been redone quite a quite a bit, and that uh, either he or the director prefers the Japanese cut. Well, I knew that he said I knew that he for years didn't really like to be associated with it, the film, and like was trying to say he didn't really write it because <laughs> of the way it was cut. Yeah, I I, I kind of thought that might be. Well, now that I know there's another cut of it, I'd love to see the Japanese cut. Yeah, um, I I know I would too. Just for to see what that one is, um, because I mean, like like I said, that I there the there are parts of this movie that I think are really good. There are those yes. moments that are really good, and it kind of comes it gels more or less. But there's a lot of like it it just feels like there's moments where it's like this could have been better. Or just never, it's never quite what it should be, and I think maybe the Japanese cut is the will be that the version of the movie that I'm like, oh yeah, this is what this should have been. This this one doesn't have moments where it was, oh, the focus group says that we should, right? Yeah. Which I mean, yeah, in 1995, if you're gonna make a fucking mainstream movie, a cyberpunk movie in 1995, yeah, that's kind of. I mean, I get the the thought With process. As like, big of a star as Keanu, yeah, because like, he was already that. a bankable star at that point. Oh yeah, because Speed was what the year before, I think, or or ninety three. Ninety three, yeah. I don't know, but around, you know what I mean. Yeah, he had already proved that you know people already knew him. Yeah, definitely. So uh, yeah, I think it's like it makes sense from like the oh, let's do the like high concept sci-fi movie and then you know have the author you know william gibson coming out and writing the script and then fucking it up because it's hollywood <laughs> and another thing is is that some of the dialogue is good and then yeah. some is not so good i mean like yeah. i love where they have the exchange like you know they're kind of breaking into the whatever the computer plays so that they can Johnny can go pick up the oh, yeah. code or whatever. And and she's like, where'd you learn to do that? And he says, 
I used to have a summer job breaking and entering. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> just like these little things that it's like, okay, you know, funny, like little exchange. And, and I don't know if it's, and it lands well, you know, because of the timing, mm-hmm. but it's just not all the dialogue is runs that smoothly. Yeah. Yeah. There are definitely some bits where it's just not good dialogue. And I don't, and I don't know if it's because if it's Gibson or yeah, like we were saying, there was other interference and it yeah. something got rewritten or chopped or what. And I don't know. Also the director, he didn't really do much other than like music videos. Yeah. Uh, you it, know, it can have that feel too. So he was really, this is only the only full length feature. It seems he directed. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, before this movie, uh, Speed was the year before, according to IMDb. But yeah, I mean, Freaked, Dracula, My Own Private Idaho, Bill and Ted, two Bill and Ted movies, Point Break. Yeah, uh, I was going to say. Parenthood. (laughs) He had a lot of movies before before this. Right. Well, I mean, like. His movie after this was A Walk in the Clouds. Wow. It's a bit of a departure (laughs) well you know i was gonna say that's one thing keanu ruse is one of those actors i like overall but i you know i don't necessarily like every single movie he does but he does a nice variety of them so you don't feel like he's just in you know it's like okay if you don't like that one film he's in wait till the next one because mm-hmm. he's going to be going on to a different kind of project. You know, if you're not into something as high action as like a John Wick or some, or the, you know, something like that, wait till something that is much more like, yeah, my own private Idaho or, you know, walk in the clouds. I mean, he still does indie stuff. Yeah. He's just that kind of actor. And that's one thing I've always appreciated about him. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Even though he was pretty terrible in Dracula, <laughs> he, he isn't. He is not good in Dracula. He's trying his goddamn best, but he's, he's trying. He's so out of his that element. Accent, with everybody he, else, the accent is so bad. Yeah, he's yeah with the poor guy. I feel bad for him. I know. <laughs> I know. But but yeah, but yeah, it's just bad casting. I it feel. was. Um, but he, he's really he's really good in this. Like this is, he is I, I think you're right. This is, like the uh, I think the dialogue issues. Like I feel like that might be one of those Gibson being an author trying to write. I, I think it might be just an adjustment of try. Uh, you know, cyberpunk dialogue is a lot of jargon, and that's probably going to sound really weird coming out of people's mouths. And I think that kind of probably had an effect on things as well as, you know, the studio probably being like, uh, this doesn't make sense. Let's make this more clear or whatever. And Well, and especially if, you know, they've, there's the interference of, oh, we've got to dumb this down for an American audience, maybe. Cause we're talking about compared to the Japanese cut. I'm, I'm now right. really curious actually to see that. Yeah, definitely to figure out how to get a hold of that. Yeah. 
But I, I, you know, we were talking about the technology and everything in here, but it's like, oh, faxing. <laughs> yeah, I love faxing it. It's like, oh, we're like one of those things that's mm, not held up as much. Yeah. Not that it the, doesn't happen now, but not as yeah. much. I just thought that was like, I, that's what, like, this is specifically why I love these kinds of movies. Mm-hmm. Is that, like, they're, they're set in the future, but all the technology is so dated to the time the movies was, were made. Where, like, they've got, like, video, the vi- like, the video fucking calls are all, like, small TVs and stuff. It's just like, what? This is, it's just, it's so, it's but, so analog. It's wonderful. But look at what is there that actually works. Because yeah. to me, I was looking, I was watch, I was rewatching this last night. And first time I've seen it in a while. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of thinking, you know, this, and earlier I referred to hackers that was a made, you know, around the same time yeah. and comparing it. I'm like, this holds up so much better. I mean, I know this is supposed to be a futuristic movie and that's supposed to be a contemporary one, but their mm-hmm. concept of inner workings of different, you know, things and in ca- tech capabilities is, you know, whatever, but yeah. even like some other thinking of other sci-fi of that era and even ones that came after, I think this holds up pretty well. Um, even though, yes, there's some of it that's still very, that is very dated. Um, but it's not completely. Yeah. I think you know. that what's, what I like about the technology in this movie is that like, yeah, it is, it is kind of dated, but it is very analog. And that's something I really am drawn to about old cyberpunk mm-hmm. visual style is that there is an analog aspect. Like you look at the old shadow run books, there are dudes literally running around with keyboards in their hands. Yeah. Like fucking computer keyboards. And that's awesome. And that's like, that's what a Decker is. That's a guy who runs around with a fucking keyboard and can hack into shit. That's fucking cool. And then, you know, obviously as time has progressed and cyberpunk, like the style of cyberpunk has evolved with time and as technology has gotten better, you lose that analog feel. And I kind of miss that about a lot of cyberpunk stuff where it's like, yeah, the cool, like, okay. Yeah. The, you know, the big dystopia of neon and everything is cool. But when everything's just, you know, touch screens or, you know, visual displays, like, yeah, that's cool. But like, I want to see a guy running around with a fucking keyboard in his hand. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, like he like that giant red phone, like his I'm going to yeah. when he goes online. He puts on like the fucking Oculus head, headset and mm-hmm. the gloves and he's yes. just like going. And I'm like, this is fucking awesome. And like he steals that like like red phone thing to hack into the the phone machine later and it's like big it's a big yeah. phone it looks like someone from the phone company would something they would use when they have to get up on the poles and do work exactly it looks like one of those that they <laughs> yeah it's so like and that's like that's part of the aesthetic of this movie that i really love is like all of this just chunky fucking technology that it's so it's it's super futuristic and it can do all this cool shit but it's still it's not you know, compact. It's not compact. Like it's 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 got a physical presence, and that's I really appreciate that about cyberpunk aesthetic stuff, um, especially in this movie. And I think it's uh, some of it's really funny that like it seems like that 
the technology for where they're where they you know where we're supposed to be at with technology in this movie is like shouldn't you be able to do something more interesting than just what that's doing but it's like well that's okay because it's kind of awesome looking anyway like the brain scan yeah but at least they don't also make it so far into the future yeah because you know this was you know really if this came out this comes out in 95 that's 26 years into the future yeah do you know what I mean? That's not such an extreme, you know, because there are certain movies that will make a futuristic movie and they'll try to make it like technology is so far advanced or something. Right. And you're like, no, technology, yes, would make leaps and bounds, but you're trying to make it like something that would be more like, no, should take more time. Think about yeah. it. Like and, they don't and- they have bigger expectations. And then what they do with them are really bad you know and you you don't i think that's why i say this ages pretty well yeah you know this at least you're saying you have it does have an analog feel but thankfully it doesn't have anything like the dial-up you know of the internet or something surviving so that's why it ages well yeah They've, they've obviously advanced the internet to a point where they have like a vr internet which we we saw a little bit of vr for the first time i think in you know the mid 90s was that was starting to become a thing that that vr is the future the first time that they tried to say the vr was the future before it crashed and burned um but it makes sense that like okay by that point the internet was I, i don't know how mainstream the internet was in 1995 but at least it was a thing that existed and you know to say 26 years in the future you could just mainstream okay i don't honestly remember because i would have been nine at that point no i remember using it i remember using it okay my dad Um, was one of those guys you know when i was little he had a commodore 64 that you hooked mm -hmm. into the television to use as a monitor and he was always getting computers and gadgets and electronics and shit and i feel like he got me an email address. I had I... a computer in the 80s. What kind of computer was it? A Radio Shack computer. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it, 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 it was, was like... so terrible and clunky. Um, and I really didn't, I didn't get into it much because it was, it was limited. Yeah. Well, I mean, like that's kind of what I love about, because like, Cyberpunk was, the genre was kind of born out of like the 80s. And, you know, guys looking at the technology at the time and going, okay, so what would be the, what, how would this advance to the future? You know, and then obviously not necessarily, we're obviously not necessarily running around, literally running around the internet, like in Tron or in this, but, right. you know, we're getting closer. Yeah. We, I mean, we've still our, got our, iced our tea. Speaking for the we people. We do. <laughs> this is true. We do. Oh my god. He's he's such like his character's I I don't want to say underwritten cuz you know his you know exactly what his his point of view is pretty much from the start. Yeah. And that's fine. He just only shows up periodically, says some lines and then disappears again. Yeah. Which is very iced tea in movies of this time cuz I feel like he's sort of the same in Tank Girl. No, no uh, wait. Thank a... you. No, he kind of is. Yeah. I was okay. Say. Just looks I was trying different. to remember I was like I love yeah, I Tank like, Girl, I, but I, I love Tank Girl, but I feel the same thing. And he's a little bit more in Tank Girl. Yeah, I was about to say I felt like he had more to 
more to do in Tank Girl. His character was a little bit more developed. Yeah, but still very much, here's Ice-T in a weird costume saying some funny lines periodically. That's that's his career in those two, in, in Johnny Mnemonic and, and Tank Girl, is here's, here's Ice-T in a weird costume saying some shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trying to fuck up, you know, the, the government and the, and yeah. the corporations. The grumpy revolutionary yeah. with a good heart. That's exactly, and that's what yeah. he, and that's what he did. Yeah. And interestingly exactly. enough, in Tank Girl, he had been, he was an ex-cop that had been genetically mutated. Oh, that's into right. Kangaroo. Yeah. That's right. I actually just bought that on uh, Voodoo recently. I'm going to watch that again. Well, Tank Girl is one I want to do in the future. I will <laughs> say that. I think I've told Darren that before. Oh, I have a soft spot girl. for that movie. It's yeah, incredible. I do too. It's 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 a dumb mess of a movie, but God, I love it. Yeah, but I mean that's how that's how Tank Girl got her name. Other than being big fans of it, but she from the shelter, her name was Rebecca, and <laughs> was trying to come up with yeah. a cool character that's name is Rebecca. I was like, oh, nice. and Amanda was like, fucking Tank Girl. It's like, okay, perfect. Yeah, absolutely, makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't cats don't probably don't care if you try to change their name because they don't give a shit. But I always feel weird changing the name of a shelter. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway. J Bone. <laughs> yeah. J Bone. Yeah, I think and he. I think he is. I think he is underdeveloped, but he is there to you know serve a purpose and yeah. move story along or whatever. I feel like Rollins is is more developed, the spider character. Yeah, I feel I think a little was... bit more because, you know, just because of the he lays out much more. He moves along the plot as well, but yeah. you feel like you get a little bit more time with him. And yeah, and, it, it uh, seems like they they put character. a little bit more emphasis on the the plague plot line than they do really the corporate villainy. Yes. Like the low techs are just sort of there. You don't yeah. like we we know that they're uh, they're fighting the corporation because the the opening scroll told us that. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like okay. You know, the beginning. Yeah, and then like there are we no see surprises them... in this movie. <laughs> no, there really is not. <laughs> and then like we see them pop up here and there, and then like they they help Johnny and his bodyguard escape Jane. when. Um, yeah, thank you. I can never remember her fucking name. It's um, so generic. I hate it. it. It really is. Like, so they help them escape and like hold off Shinji and his fucking goon squad, and then like, they're like okay, and then they're like, oh yeah, here's the we're gonna broadcast the cure corporations and fuck Pharmacore and you're like, all right, and we're the people. I mean, yeah, like you're like okay, I guess like this is, I. I like, I, yeah, I think it's just, like, we get more time, like, we understand why he would be doing what he's doing, because we spend that time yeah. seeing a hospital and stuff with Spider, but it's, like, I kind of, I think we, we would have been nice to see more of the low techs, actually, like, more of him. Right. Or his lieutenants doing stuff, but mm -hmm. instead we got the two goofy guys who accidentally blow up Spider's van and... Right. And die unceremoniously basically in the beginning at the, towards the end of the fight or whatever it is 
Right, right. It it would have been fun to see some more of the Dolph Lundgren, crazy Christian bearded mercenary man. Yeah. Yeah. He looked like he was having so much fun oh with that Oh, my character. God. There was, was one scene where his he had a smile on his face that you could tell was genuine. Yeah. It was like, oh, my God. It was perfect. This was the last his movie he did before The Expendables. Good. Wow. Wow. Really? Yeah, that's hmm. what I saw. <laughs> that was his last theatrically released film. Wow. Uh, in the U.S., I, uh, okay. I I guess I should say. I don't know what he did elsewhere. But it was his last theatrically released U.S. film until The Expendables oh. in 2010. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's he's he is a blast in this movie. Because like, I remember seeing his name pop mm-hmm. up in the credits, and I'm like... Huh, Dolph Lundgren's in this movie? I don't remember that at all. And then he shows and up, and I'm like, gets "Oh my second god!" Billing. He yeah. gets that's what amazes me. He gets second billing. Well, was and this I'm after like, Universal Soldier? Maybe. Universal Soldier was ninety three, ninety four. Okay. Or was it ninety? Fuck, I don't remember. Anyway, but yeah, he gets like second billing and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. cool. And then he doesn't show up until like halfway through the movie as this crazy, <laughs> as this crazy street preacher. And then in, pops in and out throughout the rest of the movie until the very end. And can I just say his, it's supposed to be the church of the retransfiguration. That name sounds so similar to the names of some actual cults. I just love it. It's perfect. Oh, and his giant crucifix knife. That's fucking great. Yeah. He's just walking around in like a fucking a robe and he's got a crozier. Oh my God. It's he's so good. He's so good. Like, why isn't he in this movie more? Well, I, and also I need more, more Lundgren. I need more Udo Kier too. Yeah. He gets killed like 20 minutes into the movie. He gets killed way too often. And I know David, I need you to give me an Udo Kier because I, you oh. know, I've heard your Dario Argento and I think you can do it. Oh man. I'm trying to remember. Any, I'm trying to remember like any of his lines. Oh, he's always just saying Johnny boy. <laughs> Johnny boy. Oh. The deal tits up. The, <laughs> the deal is fucked. Johnny boy. Oh, oh Johnny boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, I guess Damn I should I interject that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I just reiterating. I have to find this Japanese cut of this movie now. God damn it. I need to know if there's more Lundgren. It could have. Uh, That's it, true. I was looking, and if he did not have another theatrically released film between this and that, he still has 24 movies between Johnny Mnemonic and The Expendables. Oh, wow. But they all look like they could be straight to video. The Defender, Detention, Hidden Agenda, yeah. Stormcatcher. Yeah. I think they were Dragons. all that kind of thing. No, he went through a real long lull in his career. Like, he was still working. Mm-hmm. But he, I mean, at least that's what I, he's one of those actors. I kind of got that feeling. He was still working, but it was that more direct to video kind of stuff 
and it wasn't in the big budget things for years. Yeah. Did he have his, uh, doesn't he have an advanced science degree? Maybe this was when he was finishing up college. Oh yeah, it could be. Yeah. I know he's got like a master's in some crazy, yeah, crazy fucking science thing that I don't remember off the top of my head what it is, but it's like, not holy phys- shit. Not physics, but it's something like that. Yeah, like theoretical just something. Like, I suppose I could look online and find out. <laughs> we could. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter. But yeah. it's one of those things. Anybody where he's else like, could look it up too. Yeah, you, you see what he is. You're like, oh my god, Dolph Lundgren, really? Wow. Yeah. It's like when I people try to argue politics with Tom Morello. It's like, well, I did he, have right? a from Harvard. Uh, yeah. And how anyway, many scientists were played He Man? <laughs> For me. His death scene in this movie is pretty great too. I kept, I kept kind of expecting him to explode. For some reason, I thought he was going to explode because they previously mentioned that like he was full of like his most of his body had been replaced with cyber parts. So I was like, oh, okay, he'll explode. And he, he didn't. He just burns, just goes up into flames and then falls over. Like ah, all right, it's a pretty good effect. I liked it. And he hmm. crucified the crucifixion of Henry Rollins or Spider. Yeah. yeah. But Dina Meyer Rollins, Rollins to the end in that kind of situation. I just always, always Rollins, mm-hmm. where he's like, "Where is he?" or whatever. He says something about fucking your mother. He's the guy who fucks your mother. <laughs> like, and he's still just yeah. like, "Nope, I'm not gonna tell you. I don't care. You could, you know, I'm not giving it up." <laughs> uh. He's so, uh, I, I love I love Henry Rollins in this in the, I, he's perfect. I mean he's he Rollins for the most part, kind of like Ice T is just being Ice T in this movie for the most part. That that's kind of what you I mean, it's not like they're real stretches in their characters, you know. But it, it, it fits it fits those roles really well. Well, right. Like, kind of like it, Udo Kier, you feel like he's just being his normal weird self. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this creepy asshole who's, you know, had a couple of bodyguards and does. I don't even know what he does. He's just, I guess he's like a broker of some kind. He, you know, he's one of those. He's the, to use an RPG term, he's the guy who gives you a quest, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's... And that's. <laughs> yeah. That's his purpose. He's the guy who's gonna give, you, who's gonna pay you at the end of the quest, and or fuck you over because this is cyberpunk. So of course he's gonna yeah. fuck you over. And those characters are totally in the video game too. Yeah, there, of course. There's at least one in each section of the city. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But yeah, I mean this this is a movie that I like quite a lot. But if somebody yeah. says I don't like that movie, I say I get it. <laughs> No, yeah. me too. I, I, I'm right there with you. And that's why, like, and if someone said, you know, of course I was going to ask, would you recommend this? Uh, you know, I would I would have to be, like, I'd have to know the person and kind of their taste in music, because, I mean, movies, because this is one of those movies that, yeah, you're either going to like or you're not. <laughs> but you don't have to the, dig. Like, it's, do you like dystopian it, movies or do you like... <laughs> cyberpunk okay yeah 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 sure absolutely I, they, they 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 drop kmfdm in the the opening or the sequence where they they they're landing in newark yeah it's like it, the, 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 hometown by the yep. way the free oh, city nice. of newark yes yeah, the free city of newark and they start playing kmfdm i'm like hey all right 
This is they what play like, Ro- they play Rollins band in here. Yep. Yeah. It's just, oh, yeah. I would absolutely like for me, like I would recommend this ad with the caveat of it's a nineties sci-fi movie. Yeah. Well that too. <laughs> like, there you go. There's your caveat. It's a nineties sci-fi movie. Yeah, some of the effects aren't really going to hold up to what you expect them to, but it's a pretty good movie. Nonetheless, like it's, it's very nineties. But it works. Like, there's enough of those. Like I said, it's the performances of like Ice T and Keanu and um, Rollins and fucking mm-hmm. Katashi or uh, K- uh, Takashi's character or that, uh, that actor rather. I can't think of his name. Um, even Jade's really good. Like, there's yeah. Actually, well, this is I, her first film. Okay. Yeah, because she was in Starship Troopers like the next year. I want to say or ninety. Yeah, I think that was ninety seven. Okay, yeah. yeah. So it was like two years later, but yeah, I was like, oh hey, she's. I was like, oh shit, she was in Starship Troopers. Yeah, I, I can't think of her dizzy that actress. When I was thinking about her. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think the performances are all pretty good to solid for the most part. It's just like that's kind of what anchors this movie is like the performances are good. Some of the story is a little dodgy, but it's a yeah. '90s sci-fi movie, pretty high concept '90s sci-fi movie. So. It shoots high, doesn't quite nail what it's going for, but you still get a pretty solid, you know, mid-90s sci-fi movie that are, you know, it's fun. Yeah, well, and like I said, I mean, it's just like, it's actually aged pretty well. Yeah, that's... That's, that's that was, and I think was, that's why it works as well as it does. Yeah, like, it's surprisingly, like, even the CGI, which I was really dreading i was like oh man this is gonna have some bad cgi it wasn't that bad it really wasn't that like it looks really good for like 1995 movie cgi like, and even watching it in hd i thought that yeah yeah <laughs> like the, the like like you said the green screen when johnny and shinji are hanging from the the from the crate that looks awful that green screen looks terrible but the CGI looks really good. And like, even like even the weird Johnny avatar thing that he has when he's like hacking his own brain, which mm-hmm. is the funniest shit. Oh, oh yeah. My God. You have to hack your own brain. Then loop it to Jonesy. Oh my God. I don't even know what the fuck that means, but thank you. Ice T for telling <laughs> me to do that. That like that CGI looks kind of, kind of dodgy, but at the same time, it's like, ah, it's kind of works. Kind of yeah. works. Yeah. And the weird like cyber hands he has when he's surfing the internet, those look goofy as shit, but kind of work too. Like it, it, it all kind of works. And it really like, I feel like it makes it, it gives the, the universe that this movie is taking place in its own, like real genuine feel. And it, like I said, it kind of works like, yeah, it's from 1995 and it's kind of, there's some dodgy bits here and there, but it's like, it, it all kind of works pretty well. And it's fun. It's aged pretty goddamn well, considering, you know, it's from 1995. Yeah. And that's why I said compare it to Hackers, which I think is the yeah. same year. Yeah, I think so. Or mm. 96, maybe. Hackers is Hackers it's... is a fun movie, but it's not very good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hackers was a uh, 95 also. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. That was I remember seeing a lot 95. of. Uh, 
So a lot of ads in comic books for, for hackers and Johnny Mnemonic as a kid. Yep. This came out in May 95, and hackers came out in that September. I was going to say, I remember seeing Johnny Mnemonic in the summer. Well, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you would have. So maybe I saw it in like June. Yeah. Yeah, it came out at the end of May, according to Google. Uh, hmm. But, you know. I guess we're not trying to unionize, so they might not be giving us misinformation <laughs> about this topic. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I saw a lot of movies that I ended up liking more when I was older because there was some guy in it that my or my friend's older sister just wanted to see in a movie. <laughs> this was this was that's fair. Yeah. Well, would you recommend this or? Oh, yeah. I, I reiterate, this is a movie that with small questioning of subject matter that a person likes, not a deep dig into specificity like some of the other movies. Like, well, if you like this type of this type of this type of movie. Yeah. Right. But Agreed. yeah, it, it's a movie I enjoy quite a bit, but I it it's not one that I would die on a hill if somebody says that. <laughs> they found flaws. It's like, I totally get you. <laughs> there oh, yeah. are flaws. There are yeah. flaws. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Easily findable. I don't think it's free, streaming free anywhere, but I it's, don't think well, so. I know it's on Hulu right now. Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's on I mean, Hulu. I, I, I own a copy on, on Vudu and I have my DVD copy somewhere. Um, I, I don't think I paid on, much for I it. I have it on Blu-ray, but I watched it on Hulu last night because I was like, I was, I happened to be just earlier in the day. I was like looking for something and else, something else, and it says movies for you. And I was like, wait, I didn't like go searching for that. Stop getting get out of my head, you know, <laughs> Hulu. And um, I was like, huh, okay. But now the Disney. So I was just Hulu, like, I just didn't feel like getting the Blu-ray off the shelf when I was watching yeah. it later. Oh yeah, I, like, hey, I totally. I totally understand that. Yeah. I was like, whatever. It's good to have the physical backup just in case, but. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I feel like they just, that Hulu just put it on there. So after this episode is released, if people want to watch it and they have Hulu, I'm sure it'll still be on there. Yeah, probably. Good point. It's definitely worth, like I said, it's worth checking out if you've never seen it before and yeah. want to watch a, a a pretty good high concept sci-fi movie from 95 with some great acting or not, not necessarily great acting, but some not good, great, great but good, some, some pretty solid. good performance. So yes, yeah, solid performances and, you know, a, a young Keanu doing a, doing some pre neo cyberpunk and it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I like it. It's yeah, it's <laughs> It's a fun movie. It's that's yeah. that's like the biggest thing. It's a fun movie. Yeah. Um, like if you, I could say first you and could foremost, like, you would probably do a pretty good double feature of like this and the crow for like mid nineties yeah. high concept, pretty good action movie things that yeah. you're like this is they're, they're like you know because both they, I feel like. They both create yeah. a very distinct world. Yes. But different. Yes. Yes. And then, like, I think it's, you know, the mid-90s we had, there was, 
we got some cool kind of dystopian movies like that that were and uh we got some pretty cool high concept but not quite budgeted enough to quite hit the mark kind of i think you hit the nail on that in the head i think this movie needed some more money behind it and that would have helped the effects yeah because i think they spent the majority of the effects budget on the cgi because like and here's and i'll say this most of the miniature work in this movie i actually liked i thought most of the shots where there were miniatures like oh hey like obviously i noticed that they were miniatures but i was like oh okay that's cool i like that i like the idea of what they're doing with the miniatures here for this effect that's that's awesome except for the satellite because that satellite was plastic as fuck <laughs> that was literally a child's model that they just put on a string and waved in front of the fucking camera. <laughs> that, that was the cheapest shot in that entire fucking movie. I was like, God damn. That is a cheap ass fucking. I'm like, that is a model. Could you guys have lit that any better? Holy shit. Uh, Eddie Woodbonic. Uh, oh my God. Because yeah, like the, the special effects in this movie really like, the CGI is good for its time. And you're like, okay, that's where the majority of the budget went is the CGI. And there's some other really good visual effects in here. You're like, okay. And then there's, you know, you start to see where the rest of the budget kind of fell apart because most of it went to the CGI and the other visual effects kind of suffered for that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fun. I love it. Watch it. It's a good movie. There you go. It's a good way to waste an hour and a half of your day. Oh, yeah. Thankfully, it, yeah, it, it probably would get less liked a little bit if it was two hours long. Yeah, yeah, and I and we were talking about the they could they could have done more with the spider character and the J Bone character, or you know, characters and the Ralphie characters. I think even if you added an extra ten minutes to the movie to maybe give a little bit more, like between those three characters mm-hmm. i think that would suffice to like yeah. fill them out a little bit I, it doesn't I, have to be a lot of extra time that you're devoting no. to those characters you know d- come on to d- give each of the like three and a half or, like three and a third minutes <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah to each I, of those I also characters think... and you've filled them out and you've made fan like genre fans happier and also, you could have done more with the story. And it still wouldn't feel like too long of a movie. But I wouldn't go over an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. I also That's think just like, maybe, a, maybe a director who... I don't, like, I've never seen any of this guy's music videos, so I can't really critique him there. And, I don't, and Darren, you were saying he didn't have, hasn't really directed anything else other than this as far as features go. I feel like if they'd handed this... Over, like I'm sure he would probably made good music videos, which is why they picked him for this. But at the same time, like I kind of feel like if they'd handed this off to a director with a little bit more vision, in then maybe an extra ten minutes, we probably could have gotten a little bit more out of this than we did. But again, I don't I, I don't want to feel like I'm like ripping on this. Or, okay. You know. <laughs> oh, okay. So he directed New Order, Bizarre Love Triangle. Megadeth, Peace Cells, R.E.M., The One I Love. Um, those are some of his bigger, like, name, I guess, videos. And he did an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Like, I'm thinking, like, that's, like, more 
high profile stuff that okay. he directed. And this is the last thing he directed. The uh, interesting fact, or I'm just going by IMDb, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Yeah. good, good looking out. Uh, I don't want to go too far down because I'm sure there's going to be some spoilers as to what it was, but I just found an article that says the Japanese edition is about eight minutes and 55 seconds longer. Oh, well then there, there we go. So maybe we did get more of the people we wanted. Yeah. I, well, well now we know we need to get a hold of this Japanese cut of this movie and then, uh, we'll have to just we'll come, we'll all watch the Japanese cut and come back in like two years and be like, Hey guys, (laughs) Japanese cut of this movie is real good. Or it's terrible. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Who knows where it is? I mean, it could also be more that they added within the ins and outs of Pharmacore, which I wouldn't even be upset about that either. No, no, I would have loved If they more... get into more of that corporate tyranny. Yeah. And, and give it some asp like related to, the, the, you know, low techs and some of their fighting corporations, you know, I wouldn't be upset about that either. No, not at all. Yeah. Yep. I think, I think we have our homework for um, the future. It sounds like. <laughs> yes, indeedy. Yeah. Well, great. Well, David, thank you for being here as yeah, usual. Absolutely. You are always welcome. You know? Oh yeah. Of course. There's just it. There's the getting me to actually want to get on and talk about a movie is just sort of like that's the that's where it's gotten to at this point where I'm like I don't like there's just not that many movies that I'm like I really really want to get on a podcast to talk about but fucking Johnny Mnemonic is great yeah how can I not talk about this movie <laughs> exactly exactly. There's a goddamn cyber dolphin in this movie, for fuck's sake. Well, and then, okay, one thing I, I forgot to bring up earlier, and then and then we'll we'll wrap it up. But it's got little moments, like, there's a scene where they're trying to, you know, uh, Jane is, um, you know, get, helping Johnny escape from having his, uh, Shinji uh, cut off his head. Oh, and yeah. he's in there in the back room of the club. And Ralphie is there with uh, Shinji. And all of a sudden, James, like, pushes or whatever uh, Ralphie in, in Shinji over into one area. And, like, push it. And Ralphie gets pushed into Shinji. Oh, yeah. And Ralphie starts, like, ca- you know, cuddling almost, like, cowering with cowering Shinji. Like, Shinji. Yeah, like a little girl. Like a little girl, and Shinji like pushes him away and gives him this look, like, "What yeah. is your fucking problem?" And I, it yes. just made me laugh so much. It was something so brief, but there are little things like that, and that's why we were saying that you have these actors that have these solid performances that they're even when they're not given a lot, they're making the most of their facial expressions and everything at these different yeah. points. And I just, you know, little gestures and things. And it's just, I had a, I had a few things this time that I was, when I was watching that just made me really laugh. And that was one of yeah. them. So. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's definitely, it's like I said, I, it's, it's a movie that doesn't quite gel all the way together, 
but there's so many cool, good bits about it that you're kind of like, all right, it's forgivable. Like, yeah, as a whole, it's a little shaky, but God damn it. It's not, if it's not entertaining as hell. And there are those little, like I like, like you were saying, there's those little moments that are just so wonderful. Like, you know, <laughs> speak English to me. Cause your Japanese is terrible. Yeah. Such a fucking baller line. <laughs> yeah. Berates the dude in Japanese. So it's like, oof. And then fucker, it just it's just stone faced responding to him in Japanese the entire time. Yeah, while explaining what's going on while Shinji explains what's going on in English. Fuck, Katano is a badass. God damn, he's great. Exactly. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> going on. I know. It's just a fun one. It anyway. Really anyway. Yes, okay. Thank, thank you for having me on again. I always yeah. appreciate uh, jumping in. Um, like I said, it's just it takes a lot to get me to want to actually fucking do a podcast now because it's effort. I don't want to do that. That's podcast semi retirement right there. Huh? That's like podcast semi retirement. It's like I feel like yeah. working on this project. Yeah, literally. I mean, I like that's pretty much what it is for me now. It's like, oh yeah, I'll work on our projects here and there. I'll you know, I still edit VD, uh, you know, which is fun. I like to. You get to hear all the behind scenes stuff that's going on, which is always hilarious. Um, <laughs> and you know, yeah, it, I still listen to a couple different shows here and there, but otherwise, like most of my focus has been, you know, working on music and stuff, and that's been really nice. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, speaking of um, House of Secrets, my synth pop band, we we're planning on releasing our first full length album this year. We're working on that, yeah. so yeah, that's exciting. I'm pretty hyped about that. I think we're almost done with our second song. I'm not sure. I had to talk to my buddy about that, see where he's at with it. But, you know, shit's been crazy recently, so. You think? <laughs> On top of him having, you know, a child and a wife and a job, you know, so. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. But yes, okay. Again, thank you so much for having me. This was a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. next time I'll won't be such a slacker in there, so unless you read the book I say I'm going to read. <laughs> Instead of texting you like the day before, being like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. All good. All good. It happens. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So we will take a break. And after that, Darren and I will come back to discuss Bitch Planet, Volume 1. Um, be back soon. Broadcasting from the Cursed Earth, the Psycho-Semantic Ast. Let us face without panic the reality of our time, the fact that atom bombs may someday be dropped on our cities, and let us prepare for survival by understanding the weapon that threatens us. To have a, uh, an ignorant, uh, thin-skinned megalomaniac uh, who sends off you know, Twitters at 3 a.m. if somebody angered him. Neo-Nazis turning up in Washington, D.C. to have a rally saying, Heil Trump. We talk about politics. I knew I couldn't trust you corporate greaseballs. We talk about movies. You can't come down here and arrest people just because of what they look like. Are you crazy? But that's police harassment. We talk about political movies. We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. They're all around us and we never knew them. You can only see them with these special glasses. The Psycho Semanticast. Welcome back from that break. That was Johnny Mnemonic 
and now we are here with Bitch Planet, which I had never heard of before Vanessa. Uh, that is a comic book by Image Comics, created by Kelly Sue DeConnick, and artist uh, that she was the writer. Uh, the artist is Valentine Delandro. Uh, a series of a feminist portrayal of the exploitation film genre that takes place in a dystopian reality where non-compliant women are sent off to an off-planet prison. Uh, I also saw that the back matter was often done by Lauren McCubbin, mm-hmm. who lives here in Columbus and teaches at uh, Columbus College of Art and Design. Oh, really? Yeah, and she did a she did a lecture in one of my comic book classes I had in college. She oh, was great. Like a, a guest lecturer. I did not know what the fuck back matter was. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to look it up. Yeah. And do you know what it is? I would imagine it's the backgrounds. Like the settings. The back matter? Uh, it is mostly the stuff at the end of the book. Oh, the back of the book. Yeah. That was the other thought was that maybe it has something to do with the binding because I have a hard copy of this book. And now I, so the story is I had purchased, this is volume two. I mean, volume one that we're reading for this. I had first picked up volume two before I found this. And I just saw it one day in a one of my favorite uh, local bookstores, and and so, um, which actually is one I took you to, uh, Darren, when you were here, Cafe Con Libros. Okay. And um, so I had picked it up there, and I didn't remember reading volume one, but apparently because I was looking at my Goodreads list or something for past reading challenges or other years. And this was in there before. So apparently I had read this before. I didn't remember it, (laughs) but I didn't have the copy anymore. And I knew I had sent you volume two. So did I also send you volume one? No, I think just volume two. So I hadn't gotten around to reading it i I, we uh i meant to say that to you earlier when we first started talking about this was Hmm. i hadn't read it yet because i noticed that it was the second one and i generally do things in order in Um, order well and i do too but i pick i saw it at that at that time and i was like i'm really intrigued i want to read this now I, i mean and i wasn't sure when I find the first one. So I just kind of wanted to jump right into it, but I don't remember. I didn't remember reading the first one. So maybe I meant to mark it as to read (laughs) and I didn't read it or I don't know. Did I get it? And I gave it away to someone else or did I borrow someone else's copy? I don't think so. So I don't think I read the first, I don't read, I don't think I read this before. I have read this before. The volume one. I read volume two. I am positive about that. I remember that. So. 
another example of back matter is stuff like uh, I have the digital Mm -hmm. edition. So uh, those fake ads like x-ray specs, perfect way to see through his intestines. Hey, kids, patriarchy, that that sort of stuff is the the type of stuff. That's one thing I do love about this, actually, is the way that they interjected those fake ads yeah uh, Th- those were some of, I was my, gonna bring that. some of my favorite parts like of of the whole read were these right um yeah i mean and we've had we as you i mean saw earlier we were kind of talking about dystopias but we have the we have a whole history of discussing dystopias on this and especially feminist ones on this show. I mean, The Handmaid's Tale, that alone, you know, and then we did our fascist February, the first episode, you know. Yeah, kind of Brazil, and you, it can you know, happen here, if I remember right. correctly. Yeah, that was, that was, um, wow, that was almost, what, three years ago? I believe so, yeah. Or something. And so... It's, we've had quite a run theme and, and this is, yeah, I wouldn't say this is so much, um, a play on exploitation genre, but it does, you know, have certain elements of that in here, but, you know, I feel that it's this, I don't know the way that it's this planet that's for non quote-unquote non-compliant women and related to the ads where there's this very specific image of femininity and what is a woman or what a woman should be um i think that that goes back also to stepford wives which you weren't here for that episode um david was Yes. Uh, when we read that. But if you've seen the film, I don't know if you've read the book. I don't uh, know if I've read the book. I've seen both films. Yeah, it's... And and also that I know I've talked about it, that oh, I love this, this independent um, horror film, uh, Level 16, that came out a couple years ago. Uh, I, I saw at the Brooklyn Horror Film Festival. Uh, and I, I think it's, I know it's been streaming different places over the past year or so. But it's still very much tied into that that question of this is what, or what should a woman be? Or how should a woman act? And if you are not in this very specific package, then you are an outsider I mean, this still, again, goes back to Handmaid's Tale. You have a very specific role in society. Yeah. You know? And it's sometimes, it even if you, you can't, sometimes the logic is hard to even imagine someone connecting. But they, uh, with this, so the, the storyline, I don't think we should give, too much away from this it was just because no. I bet people are a lot less familiar with it. 
as it seems to be. But it does go back and forth in time from, you know, it's got the women in the, what is that place called? The Auxiliary Compliance Outpost, I think is yes. what it was. And, and it, it it's their lives and the dramas going on there. It also goes back to quote unquote normal times and we sort of get to where how some of some of these women ended up being chosen to go to bitch planet um, yeah <laughs> I, 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 like we said with the the exploitation genre as it has been often said i am not as familiar with that as you are so well, it's, I mean, it, you know, it definitely, you can see some elements of the women in prison genre in here, but... All the shower scenes. It's, right, exactly, all the shower scenes. <laughs> um, like, certain things like that. But this is created, these artists and writers involved in this are are you know largely if not all people of color i mean i would say from what i they're largely yeah they're largely people of color and i think almost all women yeah and and some queer so you know you've you've got a diversity factor here that gives a little different aspect to that it's not just the same story we've seen even though i mean it's not like they're reinventing the wheel you know what i mean it's a type of story we've seen but not a story we've seen exactly exactly that's a really good way to put it right you know and this, I mean, the first issue um, was published in 2014. So, what was that? Around the same time, Orange is the New Black happened to be coming out. Like, <laughs> I think so. I don't know when the book came out. Yeah, I don't know which happened first, but you know, like that. Not that we hadn't seen also a growth in the prison industrial complex for years and and the how the sizable amount of women inmates, too. And I think this is also a response to some of that by having so many characters who are women of color. Yeah. The uh the book Orange is the New Black came out in 2010. The show premiered in 2013. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was around the same time. So this I mean, came it takes out a, a long little... time to put together a comic book independently also. <laughs> so... Right, right, right. Um but yeah, I this is this is one of the comics. I, I it's interesting. The stuff inside is interesting. I like the story. The art isn't necessarily my favorite, though. I I love the covers and the back matter, but every once in a while, the just the 
the text, some of it's a little too jumpy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's unique as all fuck. I I I don't read a whole lot of comics, but this one from now on I would probably recognize this. It, it's not it's not a generic style. It's really flashy and kind of. Uh, I, I'm a cyberpunk <laughs> ish, you know, like we were talking about, there's just yeah. really interesting use of frames. And I went back and forth. A uh, use it, of technology too, mm-hmm. because it is still, I mean, you know, obviously futuristic, but it's supposed to be like near future. Yeah. But like the, it's I think the modern time of that they flash back to is probably modern time from when, it was being written and then yeah near near future so it's right hard to guess it sort of guess ahead too elaborately that close together and in time didn't and 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 i was gonna say there are a lot of little easter eggs and just little small things written and air all these different areas of the you know each kind of frame that you have there. And didn't Robert Ward catch the one that had uh, the Latin saying from Handmaid's Tale? Oh, I think so. I think he put that on the Facebook page and I was like, what? I didn't catch that. Yeah. uh, And it was, I was like, oh shit, it is. I didn't notice it either, but I I remember that post, and I think I, I saved the picture. Yeah, and there's so much in there, and I, you know, and it's why like the I I you know I I know I read that the second volume a couple times, and I know I did pick up things more, you know. Again, when upon rereading, because like I said, there are a lot of little things in there. And it's not necessarily that all of them are relevant to the plot, but they're relevant to the world that's created. And it's like you're talking about these, the pages where they have the fake ads, you know, about the patriarchy and all of this and, and consumerism. It's, that's the other aspect. It's not just about, it's not just this critique of, you know, the patriarchy. It's also a critique of consumerism and capitalism, you know. Yeah. And, I, and like I said, the prison industrial complex. Because, it, you know, there's a certain homage. I mean, the only thing I will say, getting into more specific plots of this volume i'm not gonna because yeah I, w- I would like people to read this and it is a lesser known thing so i don't want to spoil too much but there is something that you know you can see maybe pulled from something like the running man <laughs> a game inspired like that yeah not quite the same but but something yeah uh, that that scene at the end with the sock was it soccer or football, or football to everybody in the world, uh, football. It was it was like a 
a rug beard. Okay. I that, guess. For some reason, that gave me flashes of the football scene and sleepers. Um, yeah. Where it's the prisoners against the guards. Which is the mm-hmm. only other thing that I remember seeing something like that in. Uh, and I'll, I just remembered Lauren McCubbin illustrated a comic back in the, I think it was 2004, 2005, called Rent Girl by uh, Michelle T. Or Tay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know that. Lauren McCubbin Michelle was the T. illustrator. Michelle T. Yeah, McCubbin was the illustrator for that. Really? Yes. Okay. That was because uh, that was one of the things that we read in that class. And then our professor said that she was going to come in and give a lecture. And yes. So it took me it took me a minute because it's been a few years. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, local. I don't know where she's from, but she's been in Columbus for ages. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it sounds like you have more going on in that area. I mean, that way, like I said, just the fact that you even had a course on comics or graphic novels at all in college. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it was an upper English, an upper level of two or three hundred English. That's what I mean, like. There were yeah. one of them. One of them was difficult history through comics. So you know, we did Mouse and Pride of Baghdad and Safe Area Garage Da by uh, Joe Saka. Oh, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, one comic that I think you might enjoy if you hadn't read it, and I probably have read it before, but it was called something like Binky. It might have been a. I don't think a history class, but Binky Brown versus the Holy Virgin Mary. And it was in the, I think in the 70s or 80s, but it was an artist who became more known for something else. But it's about a boy getting fucked up, going through puberty and Catholicism about, you know, being watched by (laughs) invisible people and all this other stuff. Uh, I can't remember. But anyway, yeah. Had quite a few comic books classes, and but Ohio State has the Billy Ireland Cartoon Museum and Library. Ah, uh, so uh, and there's a decent amount of cartoonists and stuff that live uh, around Ohio or are from Ohio, but um, yeah, having that library and museum, you know, there's guest guest curators and massive collection of physical books and a lot of donations go there because once one thing starts getting built there's a lot of tendency to just send it all to that place and right but i I mean they had a bill watterson exhibit for quite some time i think they just recently did uh like women illustrators uh, women like women political commentator Mm -hmm. cartoonists and uh, i think right now is basic presidential satire i think is what they're doing right now mm-hmm. and it's yeah I, I mean i i live on the outskirts of campus now and if i went places i could be there in about 10 15 minutes <laughs> right nice but yeah it, it was fortunate that that was really getting a lot of focus when i was finishing up school and uh, sort of re-energized my interest in graphic novels 
I was, I mean, I was just glad that I got to take some nice, like, poli-sci classes. They were technically poli-sci classes, but we were reading literature (laughs) (laughs) as part of it. So it it whet that appetite, like, at the same time. Um, You know, I mean, English was one of my majors anyway. Um, so I was already doing tons of reading with that, but that, that really, um, and like I said, just, to, just to have like, that was even, that was my freshman year, even that I had the utopias and dystopias course. And yeah, there's something. And, and I remember even, I somehow got into a discussion with that professor about the power of children's books and illustrations because the giving tree I brought up the giving tree for some reason I don't remember I brought it up in discussion and he was he was a professor who grew up in Ethiopia and he had never read the giving tree he wasn't familiar with it so I, you know, and I, and I, so I was like, okay, I can't make this. Everybody <laughs> else in the class understood what I was trying to explain. So I ended up going and buying him a copy of the giving train, explaining it. But I, and I said, and I t- explained to him what I was trying to say, but, and just how certain illustration, you know, paired with a commentary of something that is more than just, you know, something one dimensional yeah uh, uh, it can so cool really you brought up the giving you know, tree because i've been reading that more recently yeah you would have read it more recently than me anyway just yeah <laughs> I, I haven't been i haven't been babysitting in a while even though let's see i do have a few children's books and i'm looking on that bookshelf i don't see i don't have a copy of it in anymore i yeah so but yeah, I, I think it's wonderful and so you to bring that up in that sort of conversation because yeah, when I when I was a little boy, there were a lot of things in the Giving Tree I didn't notice. Yeah, and then reading it as an adult, uh, allegedly, yes, it's like that little kid is a selfish little fuck. <laughs> All through is if maybe not selfish, but the tree just gives up more and more and more of itself. And the boy just wants more until the end. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, that and, of course, been reading the Lorax more recently. That's uh, anyway. But yeah, the giving but, tree. But, why I, but I, why I say that in this context is that I think, I mean, it, it's true. It's I'm not as well versed in graphic novels and comics as you we've said that before but this to me is is just a a perfect example of why that medium can be so much more than just you know pictures and just like it's 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 not a throwaway kind of thing it's it's much more uh, three-dimensional and has more going for it uh, story-wise and just a commentary or an you know intellectual yeah 
Another well said, well said, Vanessa. I have my moments. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> so, but well, I, I was going to say, are there any moments in here that, I mean, because like I said, I don't want to spoil too much, but are there any characters that you are kind of, that struck out or, or moments that really, you know, popped out to you that you wanted to share? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I already uh, pointed out the, the back matter and the Lauren McCoven and the cool fake ads and the cover art. But uh, what's her name? Is it Penelope? Yes. I she's she's been an interesting character. And uh, unless I missed something, uh, one of the more sympathetic characters in the story. Yeah. And I can't remember her name, but I guess to not give anything away, the girl that does something about the person that watches the shower. Oh, yes. The, yeah, the, the peeping Tom. Yeah. Whatever he, yeah, his, his nickname is. Oh, yeah, no, that, that's perfect. And uh, but it's just an, it's an experience to read and you'll either like it well, I don't want to say <laughs> you'll either like it a lot, like it a little or not like it. That's kind of how everything goes. But, uh, you know, as David <laughs> said, he, he wasn't very interested in going through it. It just wasn't for him. Uh, this one probably would have taken me longer to make my way through if I wasn't reading it for the show. Yeah. But it was really cool to look at. And it was fun in the in the digital version since they do a lot of experimentation with panel placement. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I read through the Comixology app, and yeah. that has a guided reading thing that I think I talked about when we read a, a manga before. Yeah, when we read um, my lesbian experience with Loneliness. Yeah, and it's interesting to see how it says I was supposed to read the page versus how I read the page. Yeah. Uh, let me think what else I was taking some screenshots as I was reading like, oh, this one's, you know, the, the I really like that one shot where the badass girl that was dealing with the, the peeping t Tom in the shower. She's in that giant room that's all screens and there's mm -hmm. all the stuff up on there. Yeah. Uh, what about you? I oh, I, and by the way, I want to point out that 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 big wall of screens or whatever, and there's like this council of whatever. They're, I think they're a corporation, but they're connected politically. And didn't I send a message to you and David that oh my god, one of them looks like Mitch McConnell? He did. <laughs> he totally I, did look I, like the turtle man i think you told david no i i thought i texted i thought i sent it to both of you oh well i i would have to check there were a couple threads in our group I, chat i just it was one day that i was reading and i was like oh my god <laughs> it's mitch mcconnell <laughs> there were definitely a couple times perfect. it was perfect i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he came to mind. Laugh. It made me laugh so much because, yeah, 
some of the like things that they have with the corporations and then, then the politicians in here really did remind me of certain ones around right now. Yeah. And certainly ones that we've seen in, you know, some films. Because <laughs> this is, granted, supposed to be, you know, still futuristic. Yeah. But, I mean, some... I, I feel like I enjoyed the pages more that didn't have 30 panels on them. The ones that were more mm-hmm. simplistic. Those those were the, my favorite ones. Uh, I don't know yeah. what that is. It could be, as we were talking about, there's a whole lot of what stuff going, going on and our brains are mm-hmm. overloaded with lots of things. So the ones that were more palatable to me on this uh, were, were the... Yeah, the fewer panels. Um, nothing. So I don't want to sound like I disliked reading this, but at this time I might have read something easier for me to read. If that makes yeah, sense. maybe not the best thing to read at this because of just what's going on in the world right now. Uh, you know, it, it's... Maybe. This and that, I mean... <laughs> it, it... When I picked this, I did not know, you know, we had no, we didn't know this was going to, like, you know earlier this month was going to happen so yeah not like it did at least no i i i didn't really expect it to go that far i guess no that's exactly what i would say yeah yeah but that's what happened i mean that's what that's what uh making plans that's what's uh (laughs) the ritual of making plans is the world (laughs) doesn't care about your plans yeah, and yeah. with art, uh, every time you experience it, it's a different experience, and that's that's a cool thing. Uh, I'll probably re- either, if not revisit this, I I am not dissuaded from ch- checking out volume two. Uh, no, I would I would definitely. I mean, I, I obviously I would recommend this. I did, <laughs> but no, having read it now. But I, I mean, I would still say definitely go read volume two. I think I liked volume two a little better than volume one. I, if okay. I remember, if I remember correctly, some of the artwork, I think that's what it was. I think it's some of the artwork, maybe. Um, just from my thinking memory by memory. Um, even though, like, I like the story that's going on here and how these characters in this world is being created, mm-hmm. I think that the artwork isn't as strong as it is in volume two. Cool. I'll have to. At I'll... least, like I said, that's how I remember it. And it may be, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just totally, del- you know, delusional or what. And then maybe I'm still like, frame of mind I'm reading it I was reading it in this time you know mm-hmm. that could have been it too but yeah yeah uh I, I'll probably I'll have flipped through volume two or at least looked at it or try to make a point to do that before we talk next because it's on my yeah. comic book shelf I mean, it's not huge but I don't have I don't think I have any single issues unless it was just one comic <laughs> it's all graphic novels and compendiums and standalones for the most part. I don't 
Right. I, I don't know the life story of Superman. I, I know enough, but um, hmm. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think we both said that we would recommend it if this is yes. a person's thing. Uh, if, yeah. If, like this subject matter. Uh, it's like Johnny yeah. Mnemonic was, you know, if, if you're into no, exactly. dystopian graphic novels, check it out. And it kind of, it wears itself up front. So you won't, it's not the type of book well, that or, you, or you could get 30 like pages a... into and be like, you know what? I don't like it. <laughs> no, I think you're going to know like pretty quickly if it's not your thing, but um. Yeah, yeah, and if it's if you're into like feminist dystopia, I would say absolutely like hand down read it, even if you're not necessarily a graphic novel person. Yeah, because I mean it was because I, I I have I have friends like that that I'm like no I would recommend it to them alone and just say okay I know this is not your usual you know you usually don't go for a graphic novel but try this one. And I think they would enjoy it enough. Yeah. That they wouldn't feel like oh, they had wasted their time. Because like I said, there's a, there's a story there. Mm-hmm. A lot of pink, yellow, and blue in the palette of that. Uh, Very like, purposeful. Yeah. It, it looks even more purposeful. There's a option to have uh, on in the digital copy all of the pages on one scrollable page, uh, five pages across, and you just flip through it real fast. So there's just the transition too. It's you know this is these next pages are yellow, then it's pink, then it's green, then it's blue, yellow. You know, it's yeah, it's cool, and I like that. I don't think I don't know if it was done on purpose. Uh, Lauren McCubbin has done a lot of different kinds of art. So I don't know if all the artists were only comic book artists or if they think about media, visual media in different ways, but this yeah. can be experienced in different ways, which is cool. Yeah. And I read it as a physical copy. Yeah. I didn't read it like with five pages across, but so I can skip around to the pages that were bookmarked. Uh, it's uh, yeah, that's how I noticed that. But, um, so yeah, Bitch Planet and Johnny Mnemonic. Yes. And, and January. Absolutely. Next World year. gone crazy. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so Darren. Yes. What is on our agenda for next month? Okay. So since, like you said earlier, my first, uh, f- episode, my first real episode, cause I, you know, had been on the show for the House of the Devil and the mm-hmm. black the black metal episode was sort of halfway through the execution of that episode that I joined on because it was way past time to have time to read that book. Uh, but yeah, fashion, fascism or fascist February. <laughs> what was it? Fascism February? It was fascist February was your first year or first official episode as a co-host and uh, so I was thinking in a kickback nod to the beginnings I've got two very different movies in mind and 
as I am a middle child, and I try to make everybody happy at once if I can. I don't know if we want to do a poll or just ask you, or I have to decide by myself. But there is mm. uh, the... Uh, remember when I asked you if you liked the movie Airplane? Yeah. Have you ever seen the Val Kilmer movie Top Secret? Yes, but it's been forever. Okay. Well, that is fighting against the Germans, but it's by the, by the uh, fighting against the Nazis, but it's uh, and the Cold War stuff. Right. But it's the people that did Airplane. Exactly. It's the it's the Zucker brothers. Zucker. Zucker brother, Zucker Abrams, Zucker, yeah, yeah, those those that fellas, team. or Jojo Rabbit. Hmm. Wow, that's tough. I would say, why don't you pick? <laughs> no, or do you really want me to pick? I well, first, do you you've seen both movies? I have seen both movies. Obviously, I've seen Jojo Rabbit more recently, but I've only seen it once. Okay. Do you okay? Do you think you want to have a funny, serious conversation, or just a tangent-filled, oh, remember this moment kind of conversation? And of course, well, this is sort of the like the soft, bracing, short month, getting ready for March Madness kind of episode. Well, that's exactly it. And also, I was going to ask you, considering what transpired in January, <laughs> I know we don't know what's to come. However, <laughs> it may be, uh, things might be very different by the time the inauguration happens and this episode is actually posted. But um, do we need the mental space something a little sillier perhaps uh i guess we could also do no i was gonna say real genius but that's not that's that's american no i mean i'm totally fine with top secret i'm saying it's sillier though than jojo rabbit oh much much sillier so okay we'll we'll do some silly fascism in february with top secret the I don't even, uh, it's the top secret movie. I yes. didn't really look up when it was, I feel like the eighties. was 84. Four? <laughs> I was just going to say 84. Uh, I... di- yeah. Directed by David Zucker, Jim Abrams and Jerry Zucker. Yep. Screenplay Zaz. by the same people. Plus Martin Burke. Yeah. Starring Val Kilmer, Omar Sharif. Oh my God. Lucy Gutteridge, Christopher Villers, Peter Cushing. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. So, okay. I, Jojo Rabbit was my backup because okay. I was like, yeah, let's do top secret. But it, I have a tendency to think of movies that you're like, I hate that movie. And I don't know. <laughs> don't, don't say that. That's not true. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we all we all have our pick that is more for ourselves than the group. 
that'll happen. Yeah, but, but I'm just trying to think of everybody's mental health, maybe just, and like you said, before we get to March Madness and something a little heavier, because ooh, don't worry, we've already got something cooking in the works. Um, not cooking. I mean, we've already done Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> we sure did. Oh, by another Ohio artist. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, top secret, nineteen eighty four. That is that is the pick. That's cool. Okay. Yeah, I I figured I should come up with a second one just in case. It was like, nah. Uh. So cool. Okay. Well, that that'll be what we do, and then by then, we'll know what we're doing in March. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything to uh put forward at the end of this episode? No, just you know, get in touch with us the usual places. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, we are. I know it's it's just the beginning of the year, but. I know I, we were talking to David and I'm like, now I got to start thinking about our, you know, anniversary commentary. Like, what are we going to do this year? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Too, I gotta start too soon to pick, that. but time to start brainstorming. I know, but it's time to start brainstorming because I want to get something good. I feel that we all need something to have a good laugh. Um, you know, or just a, some crazy discussion. <laughs> so, yeah, so, something that might possibly lend itself better to the distracted and exhausted mind, whether it's yeah. entertainment or simplicity. Exactly. So, but that's a little down the road. But um, yeah, I'm already looking. I'm like I said, I'm already looking forward to March too. But yeah, February will be fun. <laughs> February fun with that... fascism. Fascist fun. <laughs> Something. But cool. Well, uh, and of course, my other stuff, Psychosemantic. Look for Psychosemantic in, at wherever you're Googling or Duck Duck going or however you search, uh, except for on Twitter. That's at Political Movies. Uh, VD Clinic is VD Clinic Pod pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I didn't plan a whole lot ahead for January in Psychosemantic just because it is the transition in power. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't know what the fuck And is also, you obviously, you can't tell what the hell's going to happen from one minute to the next these days. Yeah. So the last episode was no movie, just me in court talking at the end of that first day, January 6th. Um, I know. <laughs> That was but, yeah. <laughs> Before that, we did the conspiracy though, so we talked a lot about, or not me in court, but me and Scott from Friday Nightmares, uh, talking about conspiracy theories and, you know, when people get the wrong idea in their head, what sort of shit can happen? And we did touch on a lot of conspiracy theories can become believable to people to certain levels because of shit the governments have admitted to doing or have been proven to have done. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, so don't really have anything up. I've got two or three episodes that I'm talking to people about over there. 
still one that you and I were talking about, but that could end up on both feeds depending on how we do it. But yes, uh, but that's it for me. Okay. And that's it for us. Uh, this has been. That the... sounds. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like you've got enough going on with the world. Like I said. Yeah. <sighs> and on that note, and until next time, I will say goodbye, Darren. I will also say goodbye. Bye. <laughs> we got all serious there at the end. I know. Thank you for listening to another episode of the VD Clinic. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us at Twitter at VD Clinic Pod or reach us via email at VDClinicPod at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook group, VD Clinic Podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback, suggestions, and more.